God finished the creation of the world, and then he, he did what? He rested. Surely God did not need to rest, because his energies are, are limitless. Nor did he need the time to figure out his next steps. Because his plans were complete before the foundation of the world. So why the rest? Rest here for our Lord simply meant that, that God moved into his world and he enjoyed it. It was in his rest that he enjoyed the fruits of his labor. God completed the, the, the work of his magnificent creation and having completed that work, he observed it by resting. He took a Sabbath, a period of rest, because God knew the importance of rest. He knew so much that he made taking a Sabbath a law, a command. The third command, and where we continue our teaching series on these, the easy commands. So that third easy command that God gave to us was this. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. And then Luther adds, what does this mean? It means that God invites us to rest, to reflect on his word and receive his forgiveness in order to strengthen our faith in him. Easy enough, right? So this means to obey the third commandment. It's more than just showing up and sitting in a pew. It, it's more than just doing our time here at the church or on our couch at home or maybe just the 20 minutes or so that we pick up from a message. Remember the Sabbath day. Check. Keep it holy. Check. You see, to many, that's what this commandment simply means. I've fulfilled the third commandment for the week. I, I've checked it off. I've gone to church. I've done my hour. But it has far greater implications than that. You see, the Sabbath is not a day on the calendar. It's not about a day on the calendar. The Sabbath is about the purpose of that day. Observing the Sabbath has not done any better on Sunday morning than it is on Saturday night. What makes the Sabbath special is what is done during the Sabbath. And believe it or not, we're not the first ones to struggle with this easy command. The Israelites, did you see how quickly they lost purpose of the Sabbath? They made it into a specific day. What day? Saturday. And they became obedient to that day. 
not the purpose of the day. They, they fenced in the Sabbath with rules and regulations. They said you can't walk more than 3,000 feet. You can't start a fire. You can't cook a meal. Make sure you make enough the day before. It was about the day. It was about what they did or didn't do. So then I got thinking about this and asking this question, are we any different than the Israelites? Have we made the focus of this commandment about a specific day? Do we focus more on the fact that we need to go to church on Sunday because it's what we're supposed to do? Have we lost our understanding of the purpose of the Sabbath as we tune in to worship? Maybe not everyone, but some of us. I'm going to ask you a question. I don't want an answer. I want you to think about it. But here it is. Why do you come? Why do you come to worship on Sunday? Why do you tune in at home? Why do you observe the Sabbath? Is it because you're supposed to? Guilt? Is it because it's just something to do? A social thing? The Sabbath is not about a day in the calendar. It's about the purpose of the day. And so what is the purpose then of the Sabbath? And, and why does God give us this command? Well, he gives us this command because he knew what we needed to do, what he did. <laughs> what did he do? He rested. So God invites us to rest. Jesus, he specifically tells us in Mark chapter 2, he says this, that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And a Sabbath means a period of rest. So we need to rest. Because no matter who we are, we need a weekly breather for our physical and emotional and spiritual well-being. Because life is tough. Jobs are difficult. People are draining. And kids, well, they're kids. Not only do we need that physical rest, but we need to rest from this constant battle that we do every day. That impossible task of seeking security, righteousness, and salvation through our own efforts, through our work, and through our accomplishments. We all do it. We need rest from that constant battle, that impossible task of seeking security, righteousness, and salvation through our own efforts, through our work, and through our accomplishments. We have to stop trying so hard to save ourselves. We need to stop seeking security in what we're doing or in what others are doing or where we're trying to go. If you are with us last week, it brings us right back to that first easy command, right? We need 
to rest from this vicious cycle that Satan takes us on daily. That he has us pursuing. That he has us seeking out. Because if I could just push a little bit more, my work, my efforts, those things will bring security. Those things will bring me the hope. Those things will bring me peace. And they will bring me rest. You know what I say to this? No, no, no. You know what I said to myself this week? No, no, no. That's why God gives us this command. I I told Lauren yesterday when I got home, I hated this message. I hated it. Because it was so hard to write. Because I'm not doing this. I don't Sabbath. I don't got time to Sabbath. Time. But he invited us to do this. He doesn't force us into this. No, he invites us to rest in him. God invites us to reflect on his word, to receive his forgiveness. Why? So that our faith is strengthened. In who? In him, not in us, not in the government, not in television, in him. The writer of Hebrews, beginning in in chapter 3, verse 7, and then following through 4, 13, places the warning before our eyes. I'm not going to read it all, but that's where we're going to spend the majority of our time. So if you have your Bible with you and you want to join us in there, we're going to be in the book of Hebrews, starting there. Hebrews 3, I'm going to start by reading verses 7 through 11. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says there in Hebrews 3, verse 7, the Holy Spirit says this, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness, where your fathers put me to the test and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was provoked with that generation and said, They always go astray in their heart, and they have not known my ways. As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. God's people missed rest in the promised land. Why? They didn't believe. They, they missed rest through their unbelief. Now look at verse 12. He says this. He says, Take care, brothers and sisters, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. This is our warning. He says, take care, brothers. Take care, sisters. God calls us, you and me here, to believe in him, to trust in him. He calls you and me to enter into the rest that he has enjoyed. Since when? The completion of creation. Where is that rest found? Is it found in the rat race of your life? No. 
Is it in your pursuit of happiness? Whatever happiness may be. No. That rest is found solely in Jesus. So let's jump ahead a little bit into the part that was read by Elaine for us just a few minutes ago. We're going to jump forward to Hebrews 4, verse 8. It says this, If Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. If Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. So while under the leadership of, of Joshua... The Israelites possessed the promised land, which was awesome, right? But it didn't give them the rest that they needed. Joshua was a great leader. He was amazing. But he wasn't the answer. That's why he says another day will come. And so he spoke of this one still to come. And who is this one still to come? Jesus. Look at verses 9 and 10. So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. In Christ, in Christ, we believers enter into God's rest and experience the peace that he gives we are to enjoy the results of his completed work. The, the benefits of what Christ has already done are ours. How? By our works? No, by faith from God through Christ right to us by the power of the Holy Spirit distributed to us daily through his word, through the proclamation of the gospel. But here's the thing. Our world doesn't want this for us. And we often agree. Right? The world doesn't want this for us, and we often agree with the world. And, and we know who's in charge of the world out there, right? You, you know him? Satan? You heard of him? He's the one. He's the one who moves our hearts to just go through the motion as we sit here. He's the one who places all these important, quote-unquote, things in front of us that pull us from the Word, that distract us from resting in Jesus. A quick look back at our Gospel reading for today in the Gospel of John, and you'll see what it says about this, about the rejection of the Word. I'm going to read that again for us here real quick. So John 8, 42. We'll be right back to Hebrews, but John 8, 42 and following. Jesus said to them, If God were your Father, you would love me. For I came down from God, and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father the devil, and your will is to do your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. 
Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell you the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. You see, whether it was back in Jesus' time or today, Satan is at the heart of the issue. His deception lies behind the hostility towards Jesus and his teachings. Satan is the one that is hard at work in me. He's the one that's hard at work in you. He's the one that just takes us through the motions on a Sunday morning. He's the one that just leads us to believe that we can make it on our own. He's the one striving to pull us away from where we know our rest truly is. But God is over here. He's praying for you and me. He's seeking us out. He's calling out to us to strive. To strive to enter that rest. That brings us back to Hebrews 4. Look what the writer says here. Hebrews 4, verse 11. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of of disobedience. Strive to enter that rest. Now, this means something, right? This means that we need to be active. Striving doesn't mean being passive. Striving means we need to be active. Not trying to earn anything, okay? That's not what this is talking about at all. God did it all. It's a done deal. Make sure we say that every single week so it gets further and further into our hearts and our minds. But, but striving to enter rest means that, that we daily return to the gifts that God has given to us. We daily return to our baptisms. Do you know about your baptism where you were washed clean, you were purified by God's love? You daily return to that where you renounce the devil and all the evil. And God says, you know what, I've washed you clean again and again and again. So we strive to return to that. And then two, we we strive to daily trust in God's mercy for us in Jesus Christ. And the fact that he has prepared for us an eternal rest. Doesn't that sound great? Maybe not today. It doesn't sound great. We're not quite ready yet. but, But he's prepared for us an eternal rest with him in heaven. So how do we do this then? How do we strive? Well, we do this by being regularly engaged with God in his word. And there's an important word in there, engaged. Engage with God in his word. And then... We carry it with us in our hearts and on our lips. 
God wants us to be regularly engaged with his word and carried in our hearts and upon our lips. How do we do that? Well, by the power of the Holy Spirit, and then what the writer of Hebrews tells us here in verse 12, how we keep on striving. He says this, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. God's word remains forever, right? Yes, it does. God's word remains forever. And his word accomplishes the work that he sent it to do. So, so sometimes God's word gives us gut pain. Sometimes God's word cuts us to the heart. Sometimes God's word exposes the state of our heart before him and ourselves. And that's good. Because God's word then comes back and it gives us life. Every time. God's word gives us life. That's why when we gather here each week, we want it to be more than I'm just supposed to be here. So I involve you in the service. Whether we like it or not, I involve you in the, in the service. We give you a chance to speak back and forth. We give you a chance to pray out loud, to, to sing songs or hymns. And guess what? We try to pick ones you know all the time. You might get a curveball on some traditional Sunday because you sing it differently. Right, Tony Brace? Where are you at? Differently at a, a different church, a little different tune. But we try to give you these things so that you can be involved in this heartfelt worship. Where we celebrate his work, his efforts, his accomplishments, and his gifts for us. You see, that's what a Sabbath is about. Resting in him. It's this heartfelt worship. Taking time out of our week for rest and reflection and celebrating and praising. We're able to rest in the completion of his work for us through his son, Jesus Christ. Remember, what's the Sabbath about? Who's the Sabbath about? Who is the Sabbath? Jesus, Marv. Jesus every week. He's the one who gives us rest from our daily battle with sin. It was his death, his resurrection, his forgiveness that sets us free to rest in him, to celebrate all he's done. The work of redemption is completed. God simply invites us and gives us the opportunity every day to rest and celebrate in the completion of his work. Learning and growing in God's word, resting in his grace, and building one another up for what lies ahead is such a blessing. No, we're almost done, so we're almost out of here. Don't worry. This easy command, right? This easy command is one in which we can grow more and more. Trust me, I know. Every day as followers of Jesus. Because you see, God wants us to gladly hear his word. He wants us to set aside times to worship. He wants us to engage in his word daily. He wants us to engage him daily in our prayers. He wants us to believe that his word delivers what it promises. He wants us to receive his forgiveness 
so that our faith is strengthened in him. For he is our rest. So friends, when you're in this building on a Sunday or tuning in at home throughout the week, I pray that you are strengthened in your faith, that you joyfully worship him going into the rest of your week refreshed and renewed. And I pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you take time to Sabbath to rest in Jesus every day. Seek out, dig in, and reflect on his word every day. Receive his forgiveness every day. Why? So that your faith may be strengthened every day that he gives to you. And I'm tired and I'm done, and I'm resting in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And now may the peace that pass all understanding keep our hearts, our minds focused on our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.